<laughs> yes. Oh, everything this week. Uh, lucky listeners, everything you're about to hear this week has been meticulously planned out. Uh, <laughs> and all has gone 100% according to plan. Yes, this is exactly how we wanted this episode to yes. go. Yes, all has unfolded precisely to our design. Yeah, that's definitely what's occurred here. I uh, sabotaged my own mic just for shits and giggles, yeah. just to see yeah. what it would be like to yeah. record without one. Yeah. Mark, great idea. Why don't I make myself intentionally sound worse this week? That's yeah. what you said to me. It's like, you in know what? In a series of Fuck text it. messages. Let's be the podcast that's bold enough to go there. Yeah, right? if what we're doing is we're challenging the very concept of what a podcast is at a mm. fundamental level and deconstructing it before you in real time. It's actually thrilling to be a part of. Yeah, this is, this is art. It's pop art. You that's know? what it is. We are now so comfortable with the format that we can mm. push at the boundaries of what a podcast is actually capable of achieving. You may not enjoy it. It may not be a comfortable mm. ride. But art is rarely comfortable. No, 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 no. We are right here out on the fringes mm. of the podcasting fucking oeuvre. Right? <laughs> that's right, Mark Lewis. And that's you know why how... we also decided that, you know what? Screw the guest we'd been planning we are going yeah. to yeah. uh throw a few barriers into his life yeah. uh so that he can't come yeah today. yeah 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 all of which was entirely intentional so yeah. to open us up corrigan <laughs> the podcast as opposed to us physically that would be weird um i would prefer not to hey remember a few weeks back when we did an episode on tiny gods tiny religions mm, yes it rings a bell would you like to play a game <laughs> Yes, I guess. Now, uh, think back, because uh, think back, think back. There was something I wanted to do uh, on that episode that I completely forgot to do, so I'm going to do it now, right? We're going to do it right now. Okay. We're going to play a game. All I, right, let's play a game. Love that. I'm going to open this week's episode by describing for you three small deities. Small in, in stature? Small or? as in in terms of the numbers, you know? Okay, all right. Uh, we're not talking like... Yahweh or fucking Vishnu. These are these are these are the okay. the the C list, the D list. I'm going to describe three deities to you, right? Okay, excellent. But here's the catch. Here's the twist. Mm. Okay, hit me. One of them, I've completely made up. Okay. Ah, <laughs> do you see? I'm on board. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. One of Can these. Can I read Mark's mind here? One of these deities. From across, and these are global, from across the world, from lands near and far. Mm. Two of them are actual deities uh, which appear in religion and folklore. One of which is not, appears right out my ass. <laughs> Beautiful. Right? Let the games begin. I'm ready. Let's, <laughs> let's do this. Give me the deities. Give me the gods. All right, here we go. Firstly, I would like to introduce you to... Uh, Cyrimnia, who is a Nordic god, a Nordic creature, uh, which is described in Nordic myth as a cosmic boar, B-O-A-R, <laughs> right? Oh. He's B-O-A-R, like a pig. He's like, like a, a pig. mega pig, right? <laughs> I thought you meant boar as in he's No, like he's, he's just, boring. fuck this guy. No, no, no. <laughs> it felt like a very, like, hitchhiker's guide kind of thing. I was like, oh, excellent. <laughs> I love this. I'm on board. Okay. 
a cosmic it's like form. how like what is it like is it hephaestus in, in greek mythology who like he's ugly yeah 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 yeah. yeah. i know the guy <laughs> yes and no one likes him around but right. uh Anyways. is the exact opposite because legend has it myth has it that every night serenmir is hunted killed and eaten to provide meats and delicious hams and bacons for the gods of Valhalla. Whoa. And every day he is resurrected, hunted and killed anew so that the fucking lads down at Valhalla will always have fresh meat to dine upon. Is it some sort of punishment? I don't know how he feels about it. He's a fucking sky pig. I, yeah, it feels like a like a very Sisyphean pig situation. Yes, you know. um, but his meat is said to be peerless like no other. But every day he is resurrected and hunted and killed and eaten by the denizens of Valhalla. All right, that's God number one. Okay, got it. Yep. All right. All right, God number two. Please do, uh, if you will, uh, I'd like to introduce you to Hatsumura. Okay. Hatsumura, who is a Japanese deity uh, who is uh, a god uh, kind of resembling a, a weasel-like uh, rodent-y kind of character. Mm-hmm. And Hatsumura is a god who appears to travelers who are lost on mountains. Okay. Right? And here's the thing with Hatsumura. Hatsumura will either kill you or rescue you and return you to your loved ones... Uh-huh. Based on how you answer a riddle that she poses. Oh, excellent. So as a traveler, you get lost up in the mountains. There's fog, there's mist. Maybe you've packed badly. You think it's all over. And then out of the mist, Hatsumura will appear to you. Stoat-like in appearance. Okay. Will offer you a riddle. If you get it right, she will deliver you back to the arms of your loved ones. If you get it wrong, she will leave you there forever. Is it always the same riddle? Uh, no, different riddle. So she's just, you know, had a good popsicle stick this week. Exactly. She's like, oh, she's, this one. <laughs> she collects She like, collects Christmas crackers, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, great. Finally, mm-hmm. uh, Chinamasta is a Buddhist uh, slash Hindu goddess of sexual restraint. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chinamasta. Uh, the 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 texts say that she cut off her own head, and can be seen parading around, carrying her own head, uh, while two of her followers, Mister, her, her kind of ghostly spectral followers, follow behind her, drinking the spurting blood from her head. What does that have to do with sexual restraint? She cut off her own head, in a gesture, of denial. In a gesture of denying herself earthly pleasures. Alright, so for those for those who are going through abstinence, for those who are battling with urges of the flesh, Chinamaster will come to you, carrying her severed head while her followers follow behind her, lapping at the blood issuing forth from her neck. Gross. Three deities. Okay. My inclination... What are you thinking, listeners? What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Take this moment. What do you the think? The Jeopardy music right now. Tick, while you tick, think tick, about... 
Which one of these? Or the, the countdown music, I suppose. <laughs> Depending on where you're where you're from. Um, okay, so the last one does not sound like a real thing to me. Okay. Uh, although that kind of makes me think it might be. Like it's it makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, like why? Why would that be? Why would that be a thing you would? She cut off her head to. Mm. To deny. Yeah, almost as almost as a way of. Just like the nuclear option. Yeah. If, right. I, if I don't cut my head off, I'm gonna fuck something. Yeah. However, my thought process on that also is that there's probably some more details to this that maybe. Uh, of the story that you did not convey that would make this whoa, make whoa, 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 whoa. I hope you're not suggesting here that my research is flaky. <laughs> it's, like, perhaps a bit shoddy. Because <laughs> I think if you had made it up, you would have made that make more sense. <laughs> or so... did I know that you would think <laughs> that of me? Yeah? <laughs> and therefore, uh, I'm make fucking... a god that didn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah. For now, I'm putting that aside. So then we have Sky Pig. Yep. And we have um, Riddles 3 or whatever there. We have the Mountain Stoke God, yes. The Mountain Stoke God. I'm going to say that you made up the Sky Pig. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Simply Interesting. just because it sounds like a thing you would you'd make up. It supplies you meats every day. Yeah. Like, it just keeps regenerating meat. It sounds like a thing that you would be into. Uh, but these are really good, honestly. I mean, aside from the fact that I have questions about number three, if you made up one or two, you did yeah. a very good job with either one okay. of those. I could, it could go either way. Fascinating. Fascinating. So, <laughs> in a craven attempt to ensure listener penetration throughout this episode i shall reveal at the end of the episode <gasps> which one <laughs> ah yeah man i hate when you do this i know <laughs> all right fine let's play jack of all graves let me quote directly from my notes if i may yes please do fucking look at these nerds oh mise-en-scene Anyone has ever said me well said in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, in many ways, hmm. we can look beyond the circumstances of this week's episode and learn from it and find find truth, find something to take away, find something to enrich, you know, your understanding of the world. Let like this that. let this week's episode of Jack of All Graves serve to remind us all that you can plan all you like. Yeah? Mm -hmm. You can you can dot those I's and you can cross those T's and you can make sure your laces are tied and that your car's full of petrol and that your plans are all laid out and that you've left the house on time and that you've remembered your fucking keys and your phone and you've packed an umbrella just in case it rains, yeah? And you've got yeah. an extra fucking pair of underwear or, 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 a, or a warm top in your bag and you've left him plenty of time, yeah? You could do all of that stuff. You could prep <laughs> to within a fucking inch of your life and still things can go tits up. 
still True. things can go wrong. Because one thing that Corrigan and I have now in our third year of recording Jack of All Graves, every goddamn week, friends, every fucking week, one thing we are good at is prepping our episodes, getting our topics down, getting our content sorted. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. This week, it was not to be. Listen, please believe me when I say, right, we have a banging guest lined up for you next mm-hmm. week. A really fucking good guest. Uh, I mean, I, I, I am super fucking stoked for the conversation that is waiting in the wings for us to have. Particularly yeah, when absolutely. I speak to you a little bit about what kinds of things we've been watching this week. Um, yeah. And for reasons that will become clear next week... Our guest was forced to uh, del- uh, was forced to kind of shunt on to next week at very very short notice. But trust me, when we speak to our guest next week and you learn who he is and what he does and why he had to move this week's out, all will become clear. So, I'm very stoked. I'm so stoked on this. Oh, you know, so bummer that I... it can't happen today, but it is going to be a really good. I absolutely cannot fucking wait. So, Q quarter to seven this evening, Corey and me scrambling throwing an episode together uh <laughs> we are going to chat some shite this week yes yeah be ready for the shite to be chatted that's <laughs> ah, shine again that was amazing <laughs> i won't oh, i see <laughs> i'm gonna play that uh, sorry back. you enjoyed it too much there was a good shite <laughs> good is that how it sounded it was uh but okay. that said Let's shoot the shit. How are you doing? Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. I don't know, kind of a in weird mode at this particular moment. But why is uh, that? Well, I don't know. I think. Well, come on, you're, you're talking to Marco now. It's just me and you. <laughs> it's just just us, just the two of us. Um, I think I've mentioned. I, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it on here before, but I've definitely mentioned it on my Twitter and things like that. So, I started taking. Um, like uh birth control pills uh to try to uh regulate have like really really terrible periods right Ooh. um and so the first thing that i got the first prescription that my doctor gave me and she gave me like sample packs of initially were great uh it was this uh kind called loloestrin mm. that um because I have like migraines and stuff like that, she was trying to give me something that's low on estrogen, so it doesn't cause like strokes and things like Do that. Do they have adverts for it on TV? I don't think there are for this particular one. There might be. Okay. I've never seen one. Um, but she prescribed me this, and it was great. Like I have not felt better in years. My moods mm. were the same all month long. Like there was no pain, no mm. period, all that kind of stuff. It was so great. Uh, and then it turns out that my terrible Jared Kushner insurance doesn't cover that brand of birth control. And it's the only kind that does not have a generic version. So usually you can find like, okay, your insurance doesn't cover whatever. Here's the generic version of that. Yeah. Uh, there is no generic of Lolo Western. It's the only kind in existence that has this low estrogen formula that you take this way. Uh, so they switched me to this one called Blasovi and immediately it was nightmarish (laughs) and it's like cramps all month long and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so I got a different one. Um, and it's even worse. Uh, the cramps all month long, like sore boobs, all this kind of stuff. And on top of it, when it gets to like the week before my period, I get depressed, (laughs) like genuinely can barely get out of my bed 
uh, like just like doing anything is nearly impossible. Trying to work is nearly impossible. I can't cook for myself or anything like that. It it just everything is there's no feeling, you know. Yeah, uh, and it is absolutely. Uh, you know, I keep very, you know, this when it comes to like my health and stuff like that, I keep very close track of everything. I have apps tracking everything, you know, so I can look and see exactly like what time of month was it that I got depressed here or mm. things like that. And I'm like, it is the cycle is like deeply predictable on this current birth control. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's the week before my period and it, I, just am in like a weird funk that I know has nothing to do with anything except that the, the way that my body is processing this stupid ass birth control. Shit. And there's no, is there any way around this? Uh, Monday, I will call my doctor again and ask for a different prescription. Try number four for mm. birth controls because you know because i do pay such close attention to this and stuff i don't just let this like sit and be like it's fine or whatever um you know it's not worth it to not have cramps if then the rest of the month is terrible for other yes. reasons you know uh so i'm gonna try a different like, monday call try a new prescription <laughs> And, yeah. you know, hopefully next month it'll be better. But, yeah, it's just, like, it's sucky. I think it's one of those things that, like, people don't talk about a whole heck of a lot. The fact that it's, like, the things that you do to try to, like, so many women have, like, issues with, like, heavy periods, whether it's endometriosis or, you know, whatever hormone things and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, it is horrendous and painful. And then everything you try to do to stop it is also horrendous and painful I, and has I, its own slew of problems. You this know? is heartbreaking to hear. This is absolutely it's heartbreaking a, for me to hear. It's sucky. You're, you're very dear to me and I hate to hear that, you know, you got the sad. I'm really sorry about that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And hopefully we'll fix it. <laughs> you mm. know, it's not a, it's not a genuine sad. That's the thing. It's not me. You know, I don't have depression in that mm. sense. You know, mm. Mm. it is a medically induced depression. So hopefully we will find a way out of this. I know that you will. I know that you will. <sighs> what about you, Mark? How are you doing? Well, I'm... Oh, fuck. We're a right couple of fucking cunts tonight, aren't we? Because I'm pretty pretty <laughs> bummed out myself as well, actually. You have been a little on the downside, yeah. A little yeah. jog therapy today. It's been a minute. Let's have some... Let's, let's talk it out. But I... I can... I, I am utterly convinced that my low mood is a just a, 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 a kickback from the relentlessly fucking horrible stuff I've been watching all week long, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, over the past two days, I have inhaled... Ten, I've spent 10 hours in the world of Jeffrey Dahmer this fucking weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? and that was... It's a dark, dark place. So, yeah. So, I'm I'm kind of bummed out, but... You know, I, I, all I need to do is just, I, I'll walk it off. I'll walk it off. It's fine. Walk it off. Yeah. So it's, it's an external factor as well. On top of, I mean, obviously you're a little prone to the sads. And Can so be. then, yeah, putting those, those things on you and you've been having a little sleep problem. Yeah. Too, I've not yeah. been sleeping well, but, but I, I've, I've kind of uh, determined to myself that I'm not going to bang on about that on Joe anymore because who gives a fuck really? <laughs> 
people care about you, Mark. Um, okay, so, well, you know, they want to nice. know, you know, and, and triumph when your sleep comes back and all that kind of stuff, which hopefully yes. it will. But yeah, oh, well. so I guess we, we come from a, no. a weird zone today, but work this know. out, right? Yes. Work this out for, for what the fuck is going on with my inability to fall asleep. Um, I, I could not stop watching Dharma, right? I could not mm-hmm. put it down. It gripped the fuck out of me. and I thought it was superb. And we'll talk a little bit more about that shortly. Um, so last night, I'm nodding off during an episode, right? I, 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 it was like my fourth one of the day. Yeah. Uh, and it was quite late. And I was, fa- and I was falling asleep on the sofa during an episode. So I'm like, right, I'm going to stop this. Go to bed. From falling asleep on the sofa to lying in bed... Lost all of the tired. Gone <laughs> that completely. That is the worst. Like, the and absolute worst. I was silently kind of patting myself on the back as I was going upstairs thinking, oh yeah, I'm super sleepy. I'm going to go to sleep. No yeah. problem at all. Going to hit the pillow. Which tells me that it isn't physiological. It's got to be psychological. There's got to be something wrong with my brain. I mean, I do the same thing all the time. Um, like, my thing that I do is I try to, I'll like put an ASMR video on. Uh, and try to fall asleep to the ASMR video, right? Like, not stop it or anything, just let myself fall asleep. Um, and But if I stop it, I will do the exact same thing. All of a sudden, like, like I'll be like, oh, I'm like falling asleep on my phone or whatever. If I hit pause and I take the time to put that on my side table... Gone. That's it. All the tired's gone. I Now, I, I'm just awake. <laughs> what is that what is that what is that what is I have that no i have no idea and it's and it's it's, it's a very recent phenomenon as well it only started happening to me in february january february of this year right it's yeah never been a problem of mine before yeah that's very strange like i've never i mean obviously whoops as we've talked about like i've kind of always had these kinds of issues i'm mm. it's interesting to me that it has like just started so happening. fucking mad why 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 which yeah i guess I mean, that's the thing is I'm like, is it, you know, your your thought process on that is like, it's not physiological, it's a psychological thing. But I'm like, I don't know, is it? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you make a it good might point. be the exact opposite of that. Yeah, you, know? you make a really good point. I have, I have no idea, but hmm. hope it stops. Yeah, me too. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll think on. Um, yeah. So let's see, anything going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there were things. It's friends. It is difficult to <laughs> to do an episode with zero prep. All of a sudden, um, I feel like there was something that I was going to point out. You know, we didn't manage to get a watch along in this month, um, which is a bit of a bummer. Right, we did but... not. So fuck it. Let's declare one for next weekend. Yeah, I think we should not not like this weekend, like not the one coming. Oh, not the be... one coming. Yeah, because I will be. In, oh, of course, you're um, going to a wedding? I'm going home. I'm finally Very going nice. home. I'm going back Very to Massachusetts nice. uh, for my dear friend Jordan's wedding uh, this coming weekend. So I Congratulations, will... Jordan. Yes, Jordan and Ray, uh, the sibling of uh, friend of the cast, Duncan. So it'll be, that'll be a good Great bunch time. of lads. Um, yeah. What about, though, if we declared one for the 8th of October? Well, this weekend is the first weekend of spring. Spooktober. Spooktober. That's very good. Thank you. So I'm, I might just bang a fucking... I might just sit my ass on Discord and, and watch a couple of movies anyway, if anyone's interested. Well, there's that as well. 
Yes. But how about for the for the scheduled for the gang? Can we yeah. say October eighth? We most assuredly can. So set tight Beautiful. details to follow. Yes, October eighth. We'll come up with theme, all that kind of stuff. Mark will work it out on the Twitter. So mm. watch the Twitter. Mark will ask you what you want to do. We'll make. Let's it. get fucking yeah. Let's get the gang back together. Let's get the watchalongs. Yes, it's Moving about again. that time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're just kind of you know it's been an off couple of months and all that kind of stuff uh this is what happens when we declare ourselves back on the schedule then everything goes awry <laughs> but let's do it we miss you all and this is our time of the year this oh is, it is it is spooky season yeah, it and is so brethren and sistren and um, bathren let's uh, all that's really good i'm certainly the, the weather has changed beautifully over here the past so week. nicely um, yeah. overnight literally it hit that that fall, what do you, solstice? Is it called a solstice in the fall? I want to use the word equinox. There's like the vernal equinox and the autumnal equinox. So that, you know, when that came around, yeah. uh, it was literally went from being like 85 degrees to the next day. It was like uh, 57. It was absolutely glorious. Yeah, indeed. The... Uh, it was the vernal equinoxes in March, and we have just had, you are quite right, the autumnal equinox was Boom. this f- last Friday. Look at us, sciencing. Yeah, man. I, was, I had a revelation, Mark. Shoot. Just this, this past, like last week, a thing I had never thought about before. Ooh. Is that, so you know how birds migrate? Yes. Uh, And so... You know, at a certain time of year, each year, like somewhere late fall, moving towards winter, Mm. the birds go away here. Yes, they do. Right? Same here. Yeah, they do. So there's a part of the year where if you live somewhere else, southerly, all of a sudden there are birds you didn't have the other part of the year. Now birds, suddenly birds, they all just turn up. (laughs) That's, I had never thought about that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is wild to me like this is just one of those like weird like i don't know maybe it's a not ethnocentricity but a like you're you only think about your your own world or whatever Mm. but it's kind of like you know i'm sure you had this experience the first time you hit the southern hemisphere and you looked up and the stars were different yeah and you're like yo what i never thought about that it's kind of like uh, (laughs) it's kind of like the jews in aberystwyth okay now, now I am appealing here to a fucking subset of a subset of people. I, I don't think anyone who, who even listens to this is going to know what I'm talking about. But No, but I want to deeply, so go on. My uh, my old uni town of Aberystwyth, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful town. Gorgeous, yeah. Uh, but with a kind of a, a vein of weird running through it. Very weird town. Love that, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I've always likened it to a Welsh Twin Peaks. Um, it's very strange. It's full of character and characters. Beautiful. That's my favorite kind of place. People wash up there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. It's making me... Did you ever watch Haven? I believe I saw some of it, yes. That's that's where my brain is going with this. It's like, it's yeah, Haven, think, this beautiful yeah. seaside town full of weird shit. Yeah. Um, but in the off-season, in the, in the summer, sorry, in the summer when all the students go home, right? Mm-hmm. At the start of the summer, the town just you know a calm descends upon it right 
But every single year, every year, for about two weeks in the middle of the summer holidays, just what feels like hundreds of Orthodox Jews descend upon the town. Really? Yes, they do. For, uh, uh, I believe, they holiday there. Uh, mm-hmm. Families of Jews with their cool little Jew curls. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And their caps. And, and I, mean, I mean, I live outside New York. I see these people all the time. There you go. <laughs> the town is absolutely, it, it becomes just Jewsville. Jews just move into the town wow. and they stay in the hotels and they eat the restaurants and swim in the sea and they party. It's, it's a wonderful thing to see. And then they go. That is truly fascinating it is and no I, it is i want to know more about that yeah there's got to be some sort of article or something somewhere about the jews of Aberystwyth because that's that's so unique and interesting yes yes um hmm. it's like i say it's it's a town with such character it's it has yeah. so many things that it's peculiarly known for the absolutely beautiful murmuration of swallows or are they starlings i don't know <laughs> i was just about to say it's like the swallows returning to san juan capistrano so the jews return to everest <laughs> no i think they I, I think i'm right in saying they're starlings but there is a i love starlings nationally renowned huge murmuration of starlings which gathers in the evenings off the royal pier in aberystwyth murmuration yes that's a group of something yeah that's a big ass group of birds mate Ah, okay. And they fly in, in kind of beautiful formation in the evening sky across the sea, making wonderful kind of abstract shapes moving as one. Oh, it is one of the things I, I to this day, miss the most about the town. It's wonderful when you get these beautiful, uh, you know, beautiful sunsets with the sun disappearing over the sea and the starlings going fucking apeshit uh, in the sky around you. It's wonderful. Oh, and that's amazing, too, because the starlings disappear from here for part of the year. And I always get so excited when the starlings come back. Are they going to Aberystwyth? They, they could. Is that be. where my starlings go? They could. I be. don't know. They could. I don't be. know. I'm gonna get a starling tattoo someday. I love those things. I don't they doubt look, it. They don't look real. Mm. They're like, they look like like mockingjays or something. You know, like the they're they've gold on their wings. What? They're incredible birds. I'm just uh, quickly and... uh... <laughs> checking to see if that's what you mean. Yeah. Um, and they are hugely invasive here in America, brought over here by a Brit in the 19th century. They are indeed starlings. They are indeed yeah. starlings. Gorgeous. I love that. I'm going to have to look more into both of these things. Yeah, do. Uh, uh, and podcast. you will find it exactly as described. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm really into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, just for the record, I would like to say I got to go see. So before the um, the pandemic. I had tickets to go see last podcast on the left on the tour that they were on then. And then of course that got canceled. Um, and then I bought tickets for me and a uh, friend of the cast, Anna to different Anna, not <laughs> like we have too many Annas. Uh, you Penny can't Red have too many Anna. Annas. You can't have too many Annas. I take that. We've back. always got a spot for another Anna. Yes. Penny Red Anna. Uh, she and I got tickets to go see last podcast on the left, like sometime earlier in the year. Mm. Uh, and then Marcus from last podcast got COVID, uh, very badly and they had to cancel that or postpone it. And so this past week was, uh, the postponed show, the rescheduled show of that. And it was just like, 
it was so great. Anna and I got out, went there. We had dinner beforehand, had some drinks. We were a little tippers when we went in there. Got drinks when we went in. It's kind of a last podcast on the left tradition that people get like a little sloshed when they go. And I don't want to like people get belligerent and terrible at them. That's not what we're aiming for, but like, you know, getting a little tossed before the. Do they, the last are, they are they dicks there then? Do they, do, oh, there's like almost always nomads. people who like sit near the front and are too wasted and end up causing a scene. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, this yeah. is just kind of, you hear these stories all the time about last podcast shows. Um, so, but no, we got like pleasantly tipsy um, and watched this show. And it was like one of the things that I, because I never do things with friends anymore yeah. is if I forgot a thing that I do is like when I like laugh at something, or whatever, I lean my shoulder against a friend, you know, <laughs> like I like, nice. Oh, I kind of lean my shoulder nice. and my head against them. And it's like, I'd forgotten that's a thing I do because I just haven't been around friends, you know? And it was like one of those things where it was like, every time I leaned into Anna and was like, Oh, laughed or something. I was like, well, that feels nice contact. <laughs> another human being like oh we're laughing at a thing and we got some drinks her her uh, partner joined us afterwards um at a bar nearby and you know we just hung out and it was just like the most like aside from the fact that you know it's me so i'm wearing a mask everywhere <laughs> like mm. it was the most normal yeah, feeling yeah. thing that i have felt since 2020 uh Beautiful. and it was just like oh it was so nice so it just yeah, yeah, just feeling really good that. about that. <laughs> how does how does a how does a, a a kind of a live podcast work? Well, so I've seen last podcast on the left, and I've seen my dad wrote a porno live, um, and I know Dollop friends have seen Dollop, and I think they all kind of do things the same way, where it's uh, well, Dollop will actually record an episode uh, where like last podcast, my dad wrote a porno. What they will do is it's more like kind of like a stage like a a stand-up sort of thing with them yeah. so they'll have like sketches they've already got okay, um, okay, planned okay. and stuff like okay. that so they kind of do a thing like so at each one of these um uh, ben kissel is going to do a segment about wrestling and he's going to talk about some dark thing about wrestling and henry is going to do some sort of thing about like aliens you know and there's like gonna be these like bits that they do and then they've got scripted sort of play off of each other or whatever but it's you know done so that it feels like they're just nice. doing it off the top yeah of their nice, head, nice, you know? nice. It sounds good yeah yeah it's really it's quite fun i highly recommend people go see these things they're just a lot of fun oh which does remind me also don't forget save the date for november 12th to come go to a con yeah say hello yes get some drinks. Uh, great to see finally that guests are starting to trickle out yes Especially birmingham comic con big ron perlman yeah uh, who... <laughs> it would be lovely to see um <laughs> Absolutely. and uh more notably for me at least trish stratus right that's a Man. wrestling gal well a wrestling woman now uh one of the elder statesmen of women's wrestling in the wwf as it was at the time wwe now uh -huh. um yeah it'll be very interesting to see trish stratus in the flesh will you buy a, a picture or an autograph uh i think it's probably in her best interest that i don't <laughs> well all right then um it'll be a fun time so if you just want to come chill say hello all that kind of stuff with you know some of your joag homies yes uh if you are in the uk november 12th 
to be a grand old time. We'd be delighted to see you. Yes, we will. Yeah, we've already got some folks coming that we're very excited to see. So yeah, it's going to be a good old time. Good as shit. <clears throat> All uh, right. Well, shall we talk about what we watched or you got something else cooking uh, up in that, uh, that no, I, noggin? I'm just looking at my list of prepared uh, topics and content here. Nope, that's it. I got nothing else. Um, <laughs> right. So listen, let's, could we, let's talk about Dharma if we could. Sure. Let's jump right in. Uh, how long is it been out for? When was it released? I feel like I'm quite late to the party on this. No, I don't think so. I think it was just no? released. What's today? Sunday? I want to uh, say... 25th, yes. Yeah, I want to say it was either Friday or it was sometime during the last week. So, uh, thrilling when something far exceeds your expectations. Mm, yeah, true. You know? Mm-hmm. Um thrilling when as the as 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 you watch an episode or two of something it's a 10 episode series mm-hmm. uh and by episode two i was like this is fucking great by episode three it confounded my expectations and became something uh, completely uh, you know more than i was expecting mm-hmm. and at that point i it, it had me completely in its grip and i could not turn it off i just just mainlined the entire fucking show it was superb yeah, I could tell, you know, you are pretty diligent with, even if you can't sleep, you're pretty diligent with your bedtime and things mm. like that. You don't stay up for no, God no. nor man. Um, and you were like at like 1140 or something yesterday. You were going to watch one more. And I was like, you're going to do what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that's clearly you were very engrossed by this. And, and with good reason, I would say. I genu- I generally do not watch these like you know serial killer mini series bullshit or whatever that they put out on on netflix and things like that i just eh, i don't really see why um, well no i mean i you know it's it's wholly questionable mm-hmm. why a show like that would even exist in the first place right exactly. and netflix let's be real here <laughs> doesn't have the greatest track record in the integrity of yeah, they're not some of these things super discerning when it's it comes a, little, to this a lot of it made. veers into the tabloid doesn't it yeah but i think like you know there's a lot of examples of this i think probably the most egregious of all of them is their cecil hotel docuseries which was really where i was like i'm not watching this shit anymore mm. where you know it's the story of elisa lamb who was you know a, a bipolar woman who you know it was it was a creepy story you know you see her in an elevator looks like she might be being followed or something like that she was found dead in the water tank on top of this hotel after uh people in the hotel had complained of their water being discolored and tasting funny and all that kind of stuff there was a decaying woman in it and what netflix did with this story was then turn it into this like salacious thing where it was like they were also looking at like paranormal stuff and they their interviewees were like podcasters who had like theories about you know what had gone on here and all this kind of stuff and i was like what is like did this is an actual person Mm. (laughs) that died Mm. that they're talking about here and this is what they've made of it Mm. which has turned me off of like pretty much watching any of this stuff but i'm in a a various you know uh, horror groups and things like that and i had seen a lot of talk that this 
went about this way differently. And while I have complained about Ryan Murphy in many ways over the years, I think he is really good at taking a true crime story Mm. and treating them as the tragedy that they actually are and getting to the heart of what those are, whether that was OJ Simpson or the murder of Gianni Versace or like whatever, he is very good at getting Mm. at why these are tragic and the human costs of what happens with these. Yeah. And that I think is what's so great about this show. Yes. Cause it's tempting to look at the, the, the runtime of this thing, 10 episodes (laughs) of like 45 minutes to an hour each and go, eh, there's going to be padding there. But you know, it, Man, I was not prepared for how sympathetic, not even sympathetic, but how exacting it was and how 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 clearly it made a point of examining the fucking the 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 structures of prejudice that allowed him to fucking crack on as long as he did. Mm-hmm. The seismic impact it had uh, on families, individuals, communities the 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 kind of the cultural context of the time mm-hmm. it even you know it even drops in the conversation that dharma has with the church pastor towards the end with the pastor mm-hmm. is is just espousing theories as to why there seemed to have been a boom in 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 serial right. killers themselves in the 80s and 90s is it post-war fucking is it ptsd right. is it the fact that there are freeways everywhere now and you can do it it really builds fucking compelling and and well executed picture of just the, the whole fucking question the whole package not just it, it's graphic without being lascivious yes yeah it's absolutely. just the right amount of graphic mm-hmm. yeah um, i thought that many times that you know how this would have been played out in yes. other series and other yes. movies yes. to you know, something would be too sexual. It would be too graphically violent. It would be whatever. It's supposed yeah. to like yeah. titillate or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that is never what you get from the aim of these things. Uh, you this. hear more than you see. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is nonetheless, it, I, in fact, I think it's probably even more horrific. Because I can just imagine the fucking sound designers just sawing meat <laughs> right, yeah. on a mic. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of... <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Um, yeah. I think one of the things, like, so, you know, you had said, like, in a tweet, and this was after, I think, the second episode where you get a little backstory on, on Jeffrey Dahmer. You were like, yeah. is this trying to make me sympathetic to Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer? Yeah. And I responded to that after watching, like, you know, I think it was on episode eight or something at this point, that I think that is one of the things that's so brilliant about yes. this show is that it is, it knows that the audience is mostly white for true crime, uh, especially white women, but it's going to be because this is sort of vi- the promise of the violence and all that kind of yes. stuff. It's going to bring men in as well. So it's asking a white audience to look at this and then ask yourself why you start to sympathize with someone who you know did horrible things. Cause there mm. should be no amount of, Oh, their childhood was like this. When you already know where this is going, yes. that causes you any sympathy and as this goes along you see how that presumption of white innocence is what saves him from getting caught so many times that no matter what he does you know what that and this has always haunted me the story of 
the kid that the uh, Filipino, no, Laotian. Oh yes, yeah, the Laotian kid who uh, managed to sort of uh, get outside and all this stuff, and um, the police returned him to Dahmer while like the neighbors were like, "Hello, like this is <laughs> he's clearly like here under duress." Um, and they, you know, chose to believe, even in spite of all the homophobia wrapped up in all this stuff, which, I mean, plays into it as well, that they think, oh, well, the gays, they do violent things or whatever, yeah, sure, what they sure. do in their own bedroom. But, like, beyond that, there is this presumption of white innocence that uh, keeps him, you know, the judge that doesn't sentence him uh, for what he's done to one of his victims because he's like, you don't, you shouldn't be in jail. You should be able to rehabilitate and get better. Mm. Um, so when you're watching this, I think that's such a good little bait and switch that it does to give you a little background. I was, and, I, and then I went you go, a, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is, this is exactly why he got away with it. Yes. Uh, and it, it played me like a fucking harp. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> right. by episode two, I went through a very, uh, a very condensed little micro journey. Firstly, <laughs> aghast. Hang on. So you're yeah. you're showing me young Dharma mm -hmm. and you're showing me his broken home right. and, you know, his his how uh, he bonded with his father over yeah, taxidermy. Is exactly. He and his dad would scoop up roadkill and he came to associate that with feelings of love and compassion and safety. So this is why Jeffrey Dharma was like, are you seriously fucking trying to get me to root for Dharma? Because right. at first I was aghast and then I was like, actually, that's fucking... <laughs> incredible well, that you've dared to do that <laughs> doing a four lions on jeffrey dharma that's fucking incredible right but sticking with it episode after episode after episode when it just layers truth almost from various different angles mm -hmm. uh and I, I i do not have enough great things to say about it um superb to see jennifer lynch directing something this high profile mm-hmm um, and I, I mean, I, I, I run the risk of cheapening everything I've just said oh, no. by hoping, crossing all of my fucking digits. Cause I, I popped like a motherfucker at the little vignettes of Ed Gein and mm -hmm. Gacy. Gacy, yeah. Particularly, particularly going back to the fifties and seeing a little bit of Ed Gein in that. I thought that was... Yeah. A masterstroke. I love it. Perfectly cast in that as well. Superb. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it really it feels as though that they were they were inserted into the story very deliberately. Yes. So if we're getting, in fact, as I hope we are, the Netflix serial killer cinematic universe, <laughs> I I I don't know. I well, and I, that, I think obviously because this is called. Monster colon the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, we yeah. are in for monster colon the Ed Gein story and things mm -hmm. like that. And, and like I said, you know, Ryan Murphy has been doing this with American Crime Story. You know, he's been making these, you know, different stories of, you know, he did um, Versace. He did O.J. Simpson. Uh, he did um, Monica Lewinsky, right. you know, uh, and looking at these kinds of things. And I think he is, like I said, he's very good at sort of recuperating the humanity yes. of not people who do terrible things, but the victims of yes. those people. And so I am in for this, you know, <laughs> NCU or whatever, the Netflix cinematic universe of these murderers, um, because if they are done 
like this. I think, oh, if you can maintain that level of quality, yes. Yeah, and and the victim pool is a little different for those two, but I do think that with Gein and Gacy especially, well, I mean, this is the thing you have. Gein, Gacy, Bundy, Dahmer, their particular brands of evil, for lack of a better word, yeah. um, becomes, like, the center of the story, you know? It's the, like, the clown, or, like, the, like, you uh-huh. know, the the skin stuff all over the house, and, yeah. and things like that, that makes it so that we are, we've always been more fixated on the monster 100%. than we have been on the victims of them. Yes. And so, I don't, like, I don't know anything about any of their victims. Uh, and so I think that that could potentially be if done as well as this is a really mm-hmm. good way of kind of taking those true crime stories and, um, and showing them for what they are, which I think also because it's been called out for the past several years now that true crime has just become like this sort of terrible exploitative thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. At this and it's point. so easy, easy to do yeah, that. Yeah. It's very easy to do that, you know, uh, that, I think sort of turning and shining the light on that is important, even mm. in Dahmer, that it shows like, what are the what are the repercussions of being a fangirl of a serial killer? <laughs> you yes. know, um, what happens when we treat these kinds of things as entertainment? Which uh, which which they even wove into Dahmer. They, they yeah, you that's know, what I'm we saying. were encouraged yeah, to think like about how fucking saw that. perverse yeah. it is that he's getting fan mail, <laughs> right? Um, and that I think, you know, as much as I say that I hate when uh, I'm watching something and it does the don't you feel implicated thing, I think it makes in, I think the last episode of it, there's some sort of ways in which this is kind of also looking at you as the audience and being like, why are you watching this? You yeah, know? sure, sure, uh, sure, sure. What is that I letter that he receives say, you're like, you're like Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um so I think it, it's good to make us think about mm. why it is that we watch this mm. kind of stuff and why we make uh, these like uh, cults of personality around um, serial killers and, mm. and make such a big thing of them and their crimes instead of really thinking about human cost. I mean, one of the there's like a cousin of one of the people who was killed who said that their family was not pleased with this series they said it was re-traumatizing and one of the things that they had said about that was that yeah absolutely the the problem is that every time a series like this comes out their phone starts ringing off the hook you know and it's like think about that that like there are people Mm. who when even when watching something that should show you leave these people the fuck alone they're suffering and they're traumatized and all this kind of stuff they're still going to be hounded every time a piece of media comes out about these people so mm. you know i think those kinds of it's a good reminder in that sense yes uh and way way more thorough and credible than i was ever expecting it to be yeah absolutely i felt like i i learned things about this that you know 25 years of reading about this story i had no idea mm-hmm. about i think the thing is that like what i knew or like what i understood about this was how obviously you know he targeted 
black men and things like that in that sort of they're the less dead way black gay men nobody gives a fuck you know that kind of thing i don't think i realized how much the community at the time like rallied for that that this isn't just a hindsight thing or whatever you know which is what because white true crime things don't portray it that way i never read anything that talked about yeah you know the the racial implications of this but that black community was like hello like, struck this by is what's happening parallels to Stephen Port, the killer in the UK who oh, targeted yes. gay men mm-hmm. exclusively. Uh, yeah. And he's you know, the one that I just watched the Stephen Merchant thing about, right? There you go, exactly. Yes. And you know the endemic homophobia in the police force mm-hmm. just allowed him to crack on, just allowed him yeah. to to carry on getting busy. Yeah, exactly. And there's always people within the community who are sending up. Those yes, white flags, the flares. Not yeah, white yeah, flags, yeah. Those flares, you know, like telling everyone that this is happening, and that gets written out of the narrative for mm. years until people start to recuperate those stories and be like, mm. you know, it wasn't accident; it was deliberate. There were people telling the cops exactly what was happening here, and they were very deliberately mm. refusing to listen to them. Them, yeah. Uh, so yeah, unreservedly recommended if you've got ten hours of your life. <laughs> to get just super bummed out over yes yeah. uh spend 10 hours with saucy jeff uh, yes. you will regret it <laughs> you will you'll regret it but like in a good way maybe in a, yes in a good way uh interestingly hey let's talk about parallels here let's talk about flipping that coin okay because for a work like dharma which was way better than i expected it could be mm. mm-hmm. let's 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 just turn that card over and talk of something which was way worse than i'd ever dreamed it could be way worse than you could imagine it would be we have to do it we have to go there yeah because we're jack of all graves right yeah Mm -hmm. we're jack of all graves and we had to do this we had to do this all of to to protect you right forming a a human shield jumping on the grenade Mm. you know that is the monsters. Oh God, Rob Zombie's the monster. You motherfucker, Rob Zombie! You absolute, you clown, you chimp of a man! The <laughs> fuck have you done? It's. It, I mean, I think we've we've talked about the trailer when it came out and how yes. bafflingly bad it looked, and somehow, it is worse than that. It's it's yeah, it's worse. Um. Just by all means, read through our live tweet uh, yes. the other night because I don't want to. I don't think I really want to give it much. Yeah, look at more our, our hashtag, life. which I forgot to use a couple times, but the hashtag was Joag Munsters Hate Watch if you want yeah. to see what yeah. our reactions to this were. But I mean, here's the thing about the Munsters we won't give it a ton of airtime. And in fact, uh, John Latour is uh, arranging, if you hear this before, uh, Tuesday, September 27th. Uh, at 7 p.m., I believe they're doing that a little a bell, premiere yes. on the Discord for Dead and Lovely yeah. uh, to watch that together. So bless them. But um, the thing about this movie is it's not low budge, right? Like it's not. No. Uh, Although by all is... accounts, the in, the initial reports of it being 30 to 40 million were woefully exaggerated. Were way exaggerated. Apparently. Yeah, it has to be. Like there was literally nothing. Fuck? 
you no. could see in this that would that would make that the case but it's not like low budge low budge especially no. for what it is yeah. um and it looks like a saturday morning like one of those sort of live action shows from saturday mornings uh in yeah. the 90s um, um it's got terrible effects it's, owen and peter um, went through a phase recently of watching uh like child child targeted you know the kind of sitcoms you get on netflix which are aimed at kids like the yeah, Fundamans and I Fuller mean, I House. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like one of those um, with, you know, every joke being the most basic, uh, almost not 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 really even jokes. Just right. Delivered it has the with... timing of a joke mm. and like the like... You get that you're supposed to think of it as a joke, but it's yeah. there's not really actually like anything funny no. about it. It very much and it if you've ever seen I mean you wouldn't have, but Beetleborgs was a show in the nineties that has like a very similar aesthetic to Power Rangers. this movie. Yeah, Power Rangers, stuff like that. Like Beetleborgs yeah. especially, like feels pretty much exactly like this. Okay. Which is a weird thing to aim for to me is like a 90s aesthetic instead of like a 60s aesthetic where this mm. show comes from there's nothing of this this movie that feels in the right place and time yes uh that feels like it has anything really to do with what you would have loved about the show which utterly was misjudged a, yeah the show was was you know about this group of monsters family of monsters who thought they were normal and were like you know in suburbia and their neighbors were like what the fuck is going on here mm. um and you know herman made terrible dad jokes and things like that but that was also part of the fun of it but it felt like if you watch an episode of the monsters there is an arc they're self-contained little episodes of silliness and, you know, farce the, and all that kind of stuff. This is not that. <laughs> no, not at all. The, it, it Nothing, there's no, there's no, there's no continuity. There's no through line throughout the whole thing. No, none Just, whatsoever. You have all these little side characters and things like that. And like little, little plots that seem like they're leading towards some sort of large conflict. And then there's never a conflict. Tell me something. Because, you know, you've you've seen way more of, of, of the original monsters than I have. Lily in the show. Mm-hmm. How does she compare to whatever it was the fuck that Shuri Moon Zombie was doing? Well, I think this is really kind of one of the issues with this in general. Is that, like, what she's doing is, like, she looked at the character and then she tried to imitate it. Right, I right? see. She, and... That doesn't work when you're just taking on, trying to take on the mannerisms, you know, keeping your little raptor hands up and stuff like that without actually like, <laughs> embodying what the character yeah. was like. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's what really fails here is that she doesn't feel like she is Lily Munster. She feels like she is a person who has seen Lily Munster and is now trying to act like Lily Munster. And that's kind of, I mean, this whole movie has the I compared it in our live tweet session to like when your kids have been watching something religiously like when I was a babysitter the kids that I babysat they were really into this show called word girl and every time like you know we weren't watching world girl word girl they wanted to play word girl 
and yes. they'd be like, all right, Corey, you're this character, you know, and now, and they would basically like create their own yeah. scripts Pantomime. or act out one yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that had it. already, you know, and, and <laughs> that's what this movie feels like you is like your kids right gathering you and being like, watch our monsters play. Mm. <laughs> and oh. Okay. Maybe like a dream you have of the monsters after watching like nine episodes of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or it's just like, it makes no sense. There's like, you can't no. explain a single plot point that just happened because your brain took it in some weird way. Uh, it's just, it's, it's not good on any level, which it is, is utterly fucking inept. Um, yeah. Inept. That's exactly it. it is an inept. I, and I meant, film. I meant it on a fucking atomic level when i say that quite rationally quite calmly i think it is the worst film i've ever seen yeah it's definitely it's definitely pretty could you filter terrible could you filter on letterboxd to your one star movies you can I'm sure yeah I can. i'm sure i can I'm <laughs> you can do that i will do that at some point later and just take a look because i, I see what else you have rated there's that nothing that before. compares to it it's in a yeah fucked up league of its own yeah. Well, and here's the thing that you did though is that you didn't give it any rating, so it doesn't mean anything. No, I, didn't. I didn't give it any stars. I can't even. No. I can't even. Give I have it a to star. give the half star just to bring the rating down, just so people know. I'm like, it has to have something just so I can like and log my displeasure. So if I don't give I it any experience. stars, then the 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 rating doesn't it count. Doesn't, no stars yeah, isn't no. a rating. No, no stars isn't oh, a rating. Fuck! I feel sick to even give it half a star. <laughs> No, the half a star is how you register your disappointment in what you've just uh, witnessed. Uh, fascinating that it hasn't been released yet, because right now it's got a load of super positive reviews. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and as I told you, one of my favorite things was like, I will, when I watch a movie, like read the most popular ones or whatever, read some of the highest and then read the lowest, which is always very interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of the... A lot of the lowest ones are Spanish language reviews, and they are all incredible. So either use some Google Translate, or if you speak Spanish, go and read the Spanish language reviews of this movie. There's a lot of them. Allow me all to credulous and wonderful. Allow me to quote, if I may, uh, letterbox mm. user Pudini. Hmm, clever. Yeah, good. Okay, so uh, this film captured the feel and tone of the original show splendidly. The costumes, makeup, sets, and cinematography <laughs> were perfect. Casting was excellent. Even Sherry Moon Zombie gave us her best performance ever. Boy. Like, that's not a real person. Can't be. There's no way. Nobody uh, feels that way about that movie. No Poudini's, one who's ever seen The Munsters would say that. Poudini's favorites are Zombievers. Okay. <laughs> uh, Greasy Strangler, 28 Days Later, and Dazed and Confused. So I think there's an actual person there. <laughs> Just someone who maybe was high when they watched it. I don't yeah, know. maybe. Oh, friends, it was it was not a not a good time, and I don't think either of us recommend that you waste your time. It was with awful. It. it was awful. And if you if you if you've heard the last kind of ten minutes of this podcast and gone, ah, I'm gonna give that a go, <laughs> then you you've you've misunderstood, and <laughs> yeah. we will not be held accountable. Yeah, right. We your choices are mm. yours and yours alone. We are not recommending this. This was similar. Interestingly, another movie that I watched with the Scream and Chat this week, or I guess it was last Friday. I guess uh, was called Boarding House, mm -hmm. uh, which is also one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And similarly, was one where, like this, it was just like, what is the plot? Mm. 
of this movie. <laughs> it's being like, please, someone explain to me like anything that's happening. And it is just, yeah. just like constantly just piling on subplots yeah. and weird things and stuff like that. And with no rhyme or reason whatsoever. So I was like, is there a serial killer? Is there an alien? Is there, like, I don't have a clue what yeah, the, the, the menace the, is. The, the dragon, Someone, the pet dragon. The pet dragon in Monsters? Yeah. Like, in this, there was, like, all of a sudden, like, somebody could, like, telekinetically move things. But that felt like that wasn't actually that, like, that this guy could do this didn't seem important. What was this called again? boarding house and it's basically like kind of like actually much like the monsters except more sex uh it was like a a, if you someone put it that it's like if you took all the clothed parts of a porn of Mm. porn movies Mm. and like put them all together and like took out the actual porn you would get this (laughs) movie Uh, but there is a lot of like sex and nudity and stuff like that in it um but Holy moly, it was like one of the most nonsensical things that I've ever seen in my life. So this week I've spent a lot of time baffled by the things that I watched. I also uh, watched Bodies, 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 okay. <laughs> which I finally got you to um, get for me now that it was available. Uh, and that was... Uh... No, I, I've already committed that to my internal list of films I know I'm never going to watch. <laughs> There's a part of me that wants you to because sometimes like kind of like X where it's like we just come at this from entirely different angles. Mm. But and it's A24, you know, and so like I just don't A24 movies. I think a lot of like the ones like this, like so like this or like Zola or things like that. It's like you've given me a concept that I think is really interesting and then it's not. It's mm. actually very annoying. And this movie is one of the most annoying things I've ever seen in my life. If you've seen, if you haven't seen trailers or anything for that, basically it is like a group of probably like people in their like early to mid 20s, I suppose, all get together at um, this one guy played by Pete Davidson's mansion, uh, his father's mansion, to ride out a hurricane mm. that's coming. Uh, and then they are going to play a game called Bodies, 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 which is kind of like Mafia. You tap someone, they're dead. Uh, Everyone has to figure out who the murderer is. But then someone really gets murdered, and of course this spirals into more murder and, you know, a whodunit sort of situation. It's supposed to be... You've described what sounds like quite a good film there. You've described this... This is what I'm telling you. Like, ideas-wise, I'm behind it. I'm 100% for this. The problem is this movie is supposed to be like a Gen Z satire and it plays as if not as if Gen Z wrote this or had anything to do with this, but as if like their parents who are annoyed by them wrote it. Like it feels very much like, you know, when your parents made fun of you, like, oh, my life is so hard. I'm so moody. Like that's the tone of this whole movie is that. And so, like, everything they do, it's, like, for no reason. There's, like, a character who's just, like, openly hostile the entire movie. And there's, like, there's not really any reason for it. And, like, every time they get into, like, something happens, they all start yelling, like, you're triggering me! You're so toxic! Like, things like that. And you're, like, this is not how, like, it's too, it's too much. Like, it's not, it's, 
it could be clever. You could do this satire, mm. but it is not written in such a way that it's clever. It's yeah. written as sneering. It's written as like, God, aren't Gen Z the worst <laughs> instead of being written okay. as like, oh, it's the call is coming from inside the house kind of situation, yeah. which is the opposite of. So I also watched on Netflix a movie called Do Revenge that everyone was talking about. And that works really well uh, at doing what Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is trying to do. The plot of this one is basically like a strangers on a train situation where these two girls who have been wronged, um, they like meet uh, by chance. So nobody knows they know each other yeah. and they decide to do each other's revenges Love that. for each other. And it plays off of basically like 90s teen, 90s and 2000s teen movies like Mean Girls, Clueless, things like that. Blending that with Strangers on a Train, blending that with satire of Gen Z. So there's also the sort of like wokeness to it and stuff like that. Like you're one of the guys in it is like a white ally type who starts like he's like a total toxic asshole and he starts like an organization at the school for like men who are allies, you know? Yeah. Like there's these it has these things that are like very much like fun little satires, but mm. it's not sneering. It's not mm. that just kind of like look at how terrible this mm. generation is and how whiny and obnoxious and whatever they are. Makes me uh, and it interested. plays out really well to learn who actually wrote bodies 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 yeah i did look at the end of it and then i did not google any further into it but my guess is i'm gonna find out it's an elder millennial yes that's i'm gonna guess they're 40 ish who wrote this movie uh and yeah i don't think it's i don't think it's one of the Authentic. one of the kids themselves yeah mm. and so i say fuck bodies 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 do revenge is so much better uh, on Netflix, and it's not nearly as obnoxious. You've actually been packing them in. You saw the Harry Styles film too, didn't you? I did see the Harry Styles film. I had to. I have been... Listen, the discourse around Don't Worry Darling... Which, by is the way, has like, utterly passed me by. It's completely passed me by. Oh, it's so beautiful, Mark. It's like what Twitter was like a decade ago, where it like <laughs> wasn't everyone... like mad and like political mm. and all that kind of stuff and it was just kind of like when we used to just live tweet the oscars and like yeah, talk sure. gossip about celebrities and stuff like that that had no follow friday implications follow friday <laughs> days you know like no implications on real life like when you mm. talk about the celebrities and shit like that i mean like i guess they could choose to be heard about it or whatever but there is no there's no real life implications for any of this stuff so don't worry, darling, there's been all of this stuff around like Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde hating each other and, you know, all this conflict on set. And then Olivia Wilde came out in an inter interview and like said how she like fired Shia LaBeouf from this movie because Florence Pugh wasn't comfortable with him. But then Shia LaBeouf posted a video of Olivia Wilde trying to get him back on the movie after he quit. And she's like being really condescending, like, I think Miss Flo is going to get a wake up call, you know, and all this stuff. And so like she clearly lied through her teeth about the whole thing. And like, Yikes. it's just like a giant mess. And it has been so fun to just be absorbed in something so stupid and inconsequential. Yes. 
you know, hot, rich people being mad at each other. Who the fuck cares? It's so fun. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I was, yes, I was just like really enjoying all of the drama around this. So I had to go see the movie itself, uh, which is bullshit. <laughs> it is, uh, it's pretty bad. The thing about it, though, is it's it's shot well. Um, I, I kind of looked at it as Olivia Wilde has clearly seen good movies before. Mm. There are scenes in this that you'll look at and you'll go, oh, that's that's an Aronofsky shot. That's a Fincher shot. Yes, that's, a, yes, you know, yes. like you can see deeply the influences she used to make like a an elevated thriller. Right. But she doesn't bring anything of her own to this movie. And that leads to some, like, weird tonal shifts and, like, strangeness in this that, like, the audience that I was in was, like, laughing at parts that clearly were not <laughs> meant to be laughed at, but they were just, like, so absurdly done in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, as I, I needed a witness to it, so I texted you before the movie what I thought the twist was going to be, and I was correct yeah. on You're what the twist was going to be. Uh, ooh, which I do... This, give me one second. I want to return to that real quick because this also caused a a revelation of me. However, okay, this movie would be unwatchable bullshit. But Florence Pugh is so goddamn good Hmm. in this movie. So good. And what this movie does well is she is on screen almost every single second of this movie. You rarely are not looking at her in this and she is so good that even when you're like, this is insane, and like this story does not work on any level. She's so good that there was never a point where I was like, I'm bored. I want to check out any of that kind of stuff because she sells it so hard. Carries so, the entire thing on her shoulders. Ca- completely. Mm. And there's other great actors in it as well. Don't get me wrong. Like Chris Pine, for example, or... Um, mm. Uh, what's the, she's in, uh, Crazy Rich Asians, Gemma something. Um, anyways, <laughs> the one who, she's, uh, an Asian gal and she famously in a article when asked who would play her in a movie said Scarlett Johansson, yeah. uh, Gemma Chan. That's the one, okay. Gemma Chan. Um, so great performances in it, but Florence is everything and makes it so that I would watch this movie again, not in the theater, but like streaming. I would put that on and do the laundry or whatever because she is that great to watch. High praise. Yes. So don't worry, darling. Eh, you don't have to see it in the theater, <laughs> but it's not gonna it's not gonna ruin your day. That's for sure. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, it'll. It's one of those that if there is literally nothing else to watch, yeah, it might get a chance. And I think I think you would probably. I think you'd 2.5 it, maybe even okay, roll okay, it over okay. into three, knowing it's going to be a dumb movie, but start right, leaning into it. I think you could You've blown the twist it. for me. I have ruined the twist for you. Um, <laughs> but I didn't even have to see the movie to get that twist. So yeah, good. this made me think of something. In terms of why I tend to hate movies that a lot of people like super, super love. And I, you know how I keep on coming a, like... Each time I hate a movie people like, I have, like, more thoughts on why that is. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and excessive cleverness is amongst the things that I've talked about and things like that. Um, so, like, I did Barbarian, you know, I was, like, not impressed by and all this stuff. I think I don't want anyone to try to, to, try to pull a twist on me 
and I don't want anyone to try to shock me because most of the time I see the twist coming and yes. I am not shocked. Yes. And these are things that like occasionally, like when we watched Orphan, yeah. genuinely did not see the twist in the second Orphan movie coming at all. And that was great. But I feel like most of the time when I go into movies and they either think like, oh, you are going to be, <laughs> oh, this is so brutal, <laughs> you're going to be shocked, <laughs> or this twist is so wild, you'll never see it coming. Three minutes into the movie, I go, oh, I see where this is going. And then uh, it's hard to enjoy the movie, you know? <laughs> I'd quite like us to see if we can guess the twist of the upcoming M. Night film. Ooh, there's a part of me that really hopes there isn't a twist. I was watching oh, the trailer for this and I was like, this looks really good. They're gonna I haven't fuck seen the trailer. The I'm going to oh. try and guess the twist without seeing a single Just completely fucking blind. frame of Man. any of it. The trailer is really good. Dave Bautista okay. in it is like, oh, just like so, like he has a menacing innocence. Where... Well, you've just you've just summed up every role Bautista has made. On that's film. yeah, that's like there's something about him. It's like he's got a menacing innocence to him, yes. where there's like some warmth there that is deeply buried in something very. What, what you'll violent. often see him doing with Bautista is popping a little pair of glasses on him. Yes, yes, just to totally. Make it, to make him look like a big Very intellectual teddy bear. Yep. Yeah. I can't remember if if they do that in this one, but uh, it's culty, which is fun. Um, it just, yeah, it looks, it looks like a good, good ride. And I hope that either there is no twist, it is exactly as it seems, or, the, or they actually pull it off. How many times can it, like, you get a reputation for being shitty at twists before you just, like, stop? <laughs> like everyone hates your twist just stop doing that this is not actually your thing don't back down double down <laughs> double down i know i know <laughs> uh let me see what else the night house the night house oh the night house yeah this is my third time seeing it but you said you wanted to watch it i was like yeah i'll, I'll watch it again yeah um great to find yourself blindsided by a film that you have mm. no preconceptions of no idea of and to be thoroughly, thoroughly bowled over and knocked on my ass, as I was <laughs> with The Night House. Um, it's one of the pluses, I guess, that you never remember what I tell you about movies. No, I don't. It <laughs> goes I in one ear and straight yeah. out the other, Corey. Yeah. Say no more. I'm going to watch this later on, eight months later. Oh, Night House sounds good. I think I've heard good things about that. Did I or did I not watch it later on? <laughs> Technically. I did. And what on. we have here is... Um, uh, quite a trad spooky ghost story, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's you know? why I love it so much. Yeah. Um, One which threatens about a third of the way through. Ah, man. I I I was close to writing it off. Ah, so the ghost is grief. Is, it? is that what the ghost <laughs> is? Uh, no. But I did tell you beforehand, the ghost ghosts. is not trauma. It is ghosts. Yep. Yeah. Which so is you fantastic. can keep going. Uh, I... Uh, if I were to speculate, maybe it was one of the reasons I was so bowled over by it. Uh, the subject matter, um, uh, a young teacher, young professional, uh, her partner uh, takes his own life. And it is beautifully handled, beautifully written and beautifully performed. I fucking related hard to that acerbic quality of I simply don't give a fuck about anyone's opinions. Thank you. I'm grieving and I'm going to mm. do it in as overt and ob ob obnoxious a way as I see fit because this is how I'm feeling. Um, yeah. 
I, I, I adored that. Grief yes. past a certain point. Grief past a particular point robs you of any interest in how you appear to others, in whether you're being shitty or whether you're being acerbic or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was it was cathartic actually to see that played out in a movie. Yeah, and I think it's it's done so well because you're exactly right there, and her character played by Rebecca Hall could be mm. read as very dislikable. Oh, right? a complete like, shit she head, is yeah. doing yeah, she is everything she does is abrasive. Uh yeah. and yeah, really she doesn't give a fuck. And yeah. that that could be read that way. And I'm sure there are people who read it that way. What a dislikable lead, like I wasn't rooting for her or whatever. But, but no, I, absolutely but it's, not. It, 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 it's, it's completely it's what grief has sort of driven yes. her to. Yeah, it it's had the exact opposite effect on me. It made me 100% root for her. Yeah. And it's certainly uh, not who she was before. You can tell by no. her relationships with other characters in this movie yeah. that this is not the person that she was before this hit her. And this is entirely yeah. a product of how she is dealing with something horrendous that has just happened to her. But uh, this is this is a movie that plays its cards very slowly. It layers revelation after revelation in a super satisfying kind of pace. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not to want to give anything away, but you you know her, uh, her partner is, is an architect. I want to say some kind of builder, some Something kind of architect like that, yeah. kind of guy. Um, and after his death, uh, in going through his uh, you know his artifacts and and possessions that he's left behind, fleshes out this super dark tale of what was really going on in their marriage and hey it's ghost way um (laughs) but the ghost story is built around what feels like a very sympathetically written and performed and a very authentically fucking reached for sensation of the fucking hole and the, the the ripples outward that suicide has in the lives of everyone surrounding the event it's like chucking that brick into a pond and it just affects everyone in its fucking orbit mm-hmm. um and that's that's the story this film is telling uh, yeah. but it's telling it with ghosts so fucking you know i'm all for that yeah it's really kind of that perfect balance that you want mm. from something like that <laughs> so oh, on some again, blinding scares some <laughs> shit hot scares mm-hmm. um some scares there's one I, jump scare that i know it's coming every time Mm. and this i i told you about this at the time when i first saw it um that it's a an earned jump scare i'd say yeah yeah even this time knowing i was like i know this is about to happen and i it got me i still jumped (laughs) i uh please believe me when i say this i was uh, two-thirds of a bottle of wine deep at this point when it happened and I <laughs> applauded. I literally <laughs> applauded the fucking yes, clap yep, the fucking movie. Got me. <laughs> yep, good shit. Very, very, yeah. very good shit. The night house very worth your worth your while. It uh, is the other. The only other thing I watched was Raven's Hollow, which is a Shutter original, which is about That's Edgar Allan Poe. All right. Um, and it's it's supposed to be sort of like a you know, his life in the army kind of thing where he stumbles upon um, a mutilated corpse, essentially, and finds this man is like, well, the man's still alive-ish, uh, but has been, like, disemboweled and is, like, hanging from this big sort yeah. of 
bird-like crucifix thing. And he sort of asks him, who did this to you? And the, the man whispers, like, Raven. Uh, <laughs> and so all they have to go off is this guy says Raven and he dies. So they go in there. They end up coming across a town called yep. Raven's Hollow. And while there, they're like, okay, so this, you know, must have some connection here and decide to stay and try to figure it out. And they're getting killed off and all this kind of stuff. So there's something sinister happening here. It is, it's not good per se, but what I was looking for was like a sort of spooky fall vibe. That's what I wanted was like something that distinctly gave me kind of the like, like a sleepy hollow vibe, like a something covered in mist Mm. that has that you know people with lanterns and all that kind of stuff that you get from better movies like sleepy hollow the witch whatever uh but anything that kind of had that vibe and it delivered on that um it's got the cgi blood problem which i don't know why they made that choice um so every time how old is it, is it throat gets, it's it's yeah it's like a week old um and they every time yeah some gory thing happens you see the splash of very unrealistic cgi blood and all that that is bothersome but like if you're just kind of not if you're looking for something to sort of put on with you know a candle burning while you do something else you paint your nails you whatever mm. <laughs> raven's hollow is not the worst thing in the world it's uh it's passable and it's vibes of... it's just vibes it's a vibes movie, and that's fine. There's a place for that. But speaking mm-hmm. of big Ron Perlman earlier on, he's just appeared on the screen in front of me in Blade 2. Oh, we're on to Blade 2 now, huh? We are, yes. Very nice. Now, uh, the one other thing you wanted to talk about, of course. I super, just super quickly want to sneak in a, a big, 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 uh, just please, please watch She-Hulk if you're not watching She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. It's mm. great. God, I love She-Hulk with everything. And I wasn't even, you know I'm burned out. On the MCU. Yeah. I can't. Oh, so am I. I'm getting I, there too. I'm getting there. Yeah. Even when I like stuff, like I was enjoying Moon Knight. I never finished Moon Knight. It's just, I can't huh. get myself Oh, it ended to, like, really strong. It ended really well. The last I'm couple sure episodes of Moon Knight were great. I just can't care. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, I'm just that burned out, you know? Like I just can't watch like another Marvel thing. Yeah. And so I wasn't even like really actively planning on watching She-Hulk. I was, it was like a, I'll get around to it. Yes. And then Alan was texting me about it and was like, no, you got it. I was like, oh, I guess I'm not really doing anything right now. Yeah. Maybe she was like, yeah, just just jump in right now. And I immediately, I think it was four episodes in at that point, I watched all four and was like, more. Yeah. More of this show. It has a lot going for it. I think the fact that they're like 27 minute episodes stands very firmly in its favor. Yes, that's it, always a good thing. Be brief, be brilliant, be gone. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. straight in there, does its thing, does it really well, and then fucks off. Love that. Yeah. So also, I mean, Miss Marvel, I loved dearly, and it does that yep. as well, you know? Um, yep. For the most part, those are pretty short episodes. And it's it's the sense of humor is on point it in is. this. Uh, Tatiana Maslany, of course, is always amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it really hits all the right notes, this show. Um it's it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's a great sitcom. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it it's super self aware. Mm-hmm. Um, it knows who it wants its audience to be, and it's quite perfectly cavalier about yeah. talking to who it doesn't want to watch it. Yeah, who it's for and who it's not for. You know, is very very transparent, and it has made those people it's not for big mad, of course, which is largely 
that white male population who hates for women to have anything that doesn't it's, turn them on. She-Hulk is one of the little luxuries that the MCU can afford itself in its current state. You, mm-hmm. you, this isn't the sort of thing you could release in year two, you know? You right. only you only get the privilege of releasing something as quirky and as almost throwaway. But I, and I, and I right. don't mean that in a, that's not, you know, pejorative. I mean that it's self-assuredly throwaway. Right. But you can only, it only gets the fucking pass to do something like that after more than a decade of such hard work and world building. Mm-hmm. It's and got world to that building place. is one of the great things about this. I've said this mm. to you multiple times, but that like one of my favorite things about this show is that it is comfortably in the world of the MCU where mm. people have powers, superheroes exist, and we take that for granted. What this show does is then embrace the weird yeah. of that. Like, okay, so now thus we have just like weird doofuses, not people who are not Avengers, people who are not villains, people who are just like some yeah. socialite who has yeah. powers or a guy yeah. who's like a cad who it turns out he's immortal and he's using that to escape all of his yeah. ex-wives and husbands and things like just the weirdness of what it would be like to live in a world where people have powers and mutations. It's so great. I That's like one of my favorite things about this show. Yeah. And it, it's given us the gift of Madison and Wongers. Madison. Madison and Wongers. Oh God! I rewatched the Madison episode the other day because I was just like, "This is this is exactly excellent. what I need in my life." And to create like a character like that, you know, I, I should look at who wrote that episode. But a character like Madison, who is almost like you said about the show, is like throwaway, right? Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is not an important character to no. this show. She's just some drunk party girl who stumbles into an episode of it and became universally beloved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you write Madison, you know, <laughs> everyone knows who you're talking about. It's like, true. I, I said, I rewatched the Madison episode on Twitter the other day and people replied and liked and things like that they knew exactly what i was talking mm. about um and i think that's just like that is an accomplishment in of itself Something yes for this show. big fan so watch she hulk very worth your time yes and i think that's what we've watched we just fucking wrap it up there do we let's oh, do it you, you don't yeah, want to talk I, about anything yeah. else nah, okay. nah, not, not so how much. long have we been talking hour and a half oh shit yeah that's cool. Friends! <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Whoa. Oh. Ah. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Chinamaster. Oh, Nepal. God, yes. Yeah? Right. The goddess yeah. of sexual restraint walking around with her own severed head and her attendees. Uh, Serimnia, the Norse fucking sky pig of eternal ham. And uh, <laughs> Hatsumara, the mountain Japanese fucking riddle stoat. Tell me once again, what was your choice? I think I picked Sky Pig. Sky Pig, okay. Uh, Sky Pig is a legit deity Uh, in Norse mythology. Okay. The curveball was uh, Hatsumura, the Japanese mountain stoat. Made that shit up. Nicely done. Very nicely done. Delighted, I win. I mean, I still think, you know, if you'd given a few more details on the third one, I might have been able to make a better choice, but... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but well played. That was, like I said, the, the first and second one were, were convincing. So you did a very good job of making up a believable deity. I love to hear that. <laughs> so friends, thanks for sticking with us on this uh, yeah. haphazard, yeah, last minute thrown together mess. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. You stuck it out. Yeah, we love you. We are Thank very you. thankful. We're Please thankful that you even listen to our bullshit. Um, that's why you're the best people on the planet. Uh, next week's episode is going to single-handedly legitimize the entire last two years of Jack of All Graves, <laughs> right? We've got fucking the real shit that's coming next week. So until then, until then. whatever you do with who and where, just remember <laughs> to stay spooky, won't Super you? Spooky.